Asymmetrical Haircuts, Justice Update, with Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. All rise. Hey, Stephanie, what are you doing with that big microphone right in front of you? Well, we decided to upgrade our equipment because we had all these different mics and it sounded sometimes okay, sometimes not so okay, and it was giving hell to our technicians. So we bought big new microphones that are supposed to sound a lot better. So let us know if you think that this uh, sounds a lot better. I'm very glad. Um, We'll put a picture up on the uh, website to show our big new microphones but I haven't seen you for a bit um, you've been at the International Criminal Court looking at a case to do with the Central African Republic what you've been up to well I've been following the so-called car two case Central African Republic case number two it implies uh, case number one as well which was Bemba which we talked about earlier also on the podcast he was acquitted and um, leaving a lot of victims um, in the lurch in a way in Central African Republic and now they start uh, they've started with this so-called confirmation of charges hearing of these two men who are sub- accused of leading so-called anti-balaka militias who fought predominantly Muslim Seleka groups and there you have already the first problem this is car two. There is an investigation ongoing in car and possibly a car three coming. Car three would be what then? Would be the anti so the okay, so the other side. other side crimes. Um, here we have the confirmation of charges hearing and the prosecutor gave a kind of short introduction of what these men are wanted for. And we can listen to that from the hearing. The first part of these submissions will be in French, Mr. President. And I will do my best to do them justice. Monsieur le Président. Your Honor. Madame et Monsieur le Juge. Honorable members of the bench. Patrice, Edouard, Ngudusa and Mr. Yechtum appear before you today due to their criminal involvement in a campaign of violence and terror wrought against civilians, including children. This campaign by the anti-Balaka between December 2013 and December 2014 in the framework of a armed conflict which ravaged the Central African Republic from 2012. As the document notifying the charges asserts, Mr Ngosona and Mr Yekatam have together committed or provided assistance to the perpetration of serious crimes charged in this case, perpetrated by the anti-Balaka. What you heard in court was also some of the detail from the document containing the charges, which I took a quick look at, and wow, it's a long list. It's a very long list. Um, Gaisona is accused of over 100 charges. Uh, Yekatom, uh, not so much, I think uh, somewhere in the 20s, but it's a huge document, and we only got it like hours before, the night before this uh, confirmation of charges hearing, which is a nightmare. And we heard also that journalists both coming here from the Central African Republic and those who are based there 
were really flummoxed by the fact that so much of the stuff was in English. They didn't get it in advance. It must be really difficult to cover a case if you come from so far away and you're trying to get your head around what's going on in court and you don't even know what the charges are fully. Yeah, no, there were people trying to read it uh, while the while the prosecutor was delivering their, uh, their kind of opening statement. It was a mess and also it's not in French and a lot of, obviously, the Central African Republic is Francophone. And so trying to mull your way through this English document is horrible. And even for somebody like me who, I mean, I can quickly read the English and I know the way the court functions, but I don't know all these places. So it's really hard to write a story about it and to have not any idea of who these places are or what the things are they're referring to. And that would be something that the local journalists would know. They could tell me, oh, that was a really bad massacre or that's a really infamous thing. Um, but they couldn't read the charges and I couldn't read the charges. So we're all kind of working off the um, arrest warrant that was issued years before and is maybe no longer up to date with some of the charges and uh, trying to figure out what the prosecutor is saying while he's saying it. And what did the defense have to say in uh, in court itself? Because maybe they had some of the information a little bit uh, earlier, but were they complaining too? No, they were complaining too. A lot of that, they, I'm, I'm assuming they got the document containing the charges a bit earlier, but a lot of it was redacted because the prosecution is also doing the other investigation into Seleka crimes, so the other side. And Almost everything pertaining to that is redacted because they don't want to um, jeopardize that investigation. But that, of course, is a problem because there are incidents where there are fights between both sides. And then you have one bit of the evidence that's kind of blacked out or redacted. And Milen Dimitri, the Yekatom defense lawyer, said, you know, we're saying here that, um, you know, part of the charges is indiscriminate attacks on civilians. But of course, her client says these people weren't civilians. They were all Seleka fighters. But we can't see who Seleka fighters were or what crimes they committed at the same time as he's supposed to have attacked them because those charges are withheld also from the defense. Also, what was remarkable for us journalists is that during the hearing, also the defense keep getting cut out because every time she went into something that the judges thought might be uh, sensitive information, they just kind of pushed the mute button even mid-sentence. So for journalists trying to follow this case, you for a while I was looking at my headphones, like is something broken, is it not working? Because she kept getting cut out in the middle of a sentence when she was saying stuff. So it's really hard to kind of piece together what, what the hearing was about. Wow, that sounds very confusing. So what's the state of affairs now? Has the confirmation of charges hearing finished? No, that's another surprising twist. It was actually uh, delayed uh, for two weeks because the defense, uh, I think, has asked for more time, but I'm not quite sure because these are all submissions that I haven't seen either. But the judge kind of came out at a hearing when we're all waiting for judges' questions and said, we're not going to ask questions. We're going to give defense and uh, prosecution two weeks to prepare their closing remarks. And um, that's it for today. See you in two weeks. So um, status is adjourned. And while I was happy to have a free day, I was also kind of reminded of how long these things take at the ICC all the time. And this is just the beginning. And already this confirmation of charges hearing was supposed to be in June. Now it's in September. Now we're two weeks later. I'm kind of seeing the whole 
long, long trail of a trial. And it makes it very difficult for uh, people following in the Central African Republic to actually follow precisely what's going on. So let's see what happens in the next stage. Yes, let's let's wait for that. But I know, I mean, there were people, the, even the ICC flew in all these car journalists and people from uh, human rights organizations to follow the start of the trial. They've been booked in for the whole week. And I guess now they're kind of looking around going, what shall we do next? So they're wandering around in rainy The Hague, seeing, seeing what happens next. But uh, I'd also seen that uh, even though some of these... Um, Advocates for justice coming from the CAR really want to see this kind of trial happening. They were a bit concerned that uh, it's only one side who's on trial at the moment. Did you get that uh, impression from them? Oh, definitely. I think everybody I spoke to raised that issue that it seems to be, they said it in French, uh, à deux poids et deux mesures. So it's, it's not equal. So um, they're only trying this one side, the anti-balaka side. And not the Seleka side, even though everybody in the car knows that they also uh, committed crimes. So there's a lot of question why the ICC is moving forward with only this side and how long it will take for the Seleka to appear in The Hague, if they appear in The Hague at all. And the other sense I got from um, local journalists and NGOs is that these men aren't, weren't very visible during the unrest. So they may be not, quote unquote, the most responsible. Yeah, they were they they were surprised that it's these men that ended up in the Hague. Now maybe the ICC is going to argue that, for instance, in Gaisona, and you hear a bit that the prosecutors like the criminal mastermind who did the anti balaka But he said for people in the car, they told me, you know, they didn't see these men so much in the fighting arena. Yekatom definitely, but also kind of a minor figure, not such a. There are other kind of bigger fish in public perception that are still walking around. So it's going to be interesting to see what the prosecutor's uh, arguments are about this and how exactly the case is put together. Yeah, definitely. This podcast was created and presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. Show notes and additional blogs are available on asymmetricalhaircuts.com. It is recorded in the Hague Humanity Hub home to a community of innovators in the field of peace, justice, development and humanitarian action. Music is by audionautics.com and the show is available on every major podcast service, so please subscribe, give us a rating and spread the word.